Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Charming Chronicles podcast, where I review manga from the shoujo genre all the way to romance and even isekai. I am your host, Empress Chronicle. I hope you are all having a wonderful day, and I just wanted to remind you that God is good and that he always provides. In this week's episode, we are going to cover what he who doesn't believe in fate says. I'll say that again because it's a... <laughs> It's a long title. What he who doesn't believe in fate says. I'm going to cover the first three volumes of the manga. It is a romance manga about two adults, one who believes in fate and the quote unquote the one for her, and another who is a realist who has been in love for a very long time. The manga opens up with our main character, Kosuke, an outside salesman who has the ability to see the quote unquote red string of fate, a string that is said to connect soulmates to one another. This is very well known, uh, I guess like a, a Japanese myth, I want to say, where the red string of fate typically connects people who are meant to be together, uh, typically couples, for the rest of their lives. So for those who are not aware, clearly I'm pretty sure you know because this is a trope that has been done multiple times in a lot of different mangas. So I'm sure you're, <laughs> for those who read <laughs> as much manga as I do, this is something that is well known. But for those who do not know, it's just a way for soulmates to essentially find each other. The funny thing is that Kosuke is not someone who believes in quote unquote fate. He believes that people have control over their lives, their actions, and even whom they choose to love. Funny enough, though, <laughs> Kosuke has been in love with his female friend and former college classmate, Yuka. Yuka has been single for a very long time now. She's constantly waiting for the one, you know, her knight in shining armor, her prince, yada, 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 et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You guys get the deal. And she wholeheartedly believes in the concept of fate. She is essentially Kosuke's foil. Where Kosuke can see the string, Yuka cannot. Well, where Kosuke is a realist, Yuka believes in fate. The interesting thing here is that while Kosuke is in love with Yuka, her red string doesn't lead to Kosuke. Of course, Kosuke, being the kind of character that he is, refuses to believe in the silly notion of soulmates. Remember, again, he can see the red string. He can see it, and it doesn't lead to Yuka, especially because he truly wishes to be Yuka's boyfriend. It's somewhat, I guess I want to say a bit frustrating at points because you really want to root for Kosuke as the reader. He often goes out of his way to be with Yuka, you know, always going out for drinks with her, uh, especially after work, whenever she calls. He really is there for her a lot like above and beyond <laughs> which is I want to say one of the reasons that you want to root for him because he's not necessarily a bad guy does he say things sometimes that are a bit mean like that could have been said better yeah 100% absolutely but overall like when she got sick in the manga uh, whenever she's feeling down and she needs somebody to to just vent to he is there that is that is who Kosuke is and he's been doing this for a long time. <laughs> and throughout all of this, 
Yuka still views Kosuke as nothing more than a friend, someone that she can confide in. <laughs> I feel just, I just like I'm reading this, and I'm like, I, I feel for, for Kosuke truly, because he's not a bad person. He's not. He, he does, like I said, he does go above and beyond for her. But Yuka doesn't see that. She's kind of she's kind of an oblivious character, unfortunately. And this actually ends up changing somewhat. It's it's slow, but it does change. When Yuka drags Kosuke to do a fortune telling reading. The fortune teller reads Yuka's fortune and tells her that the man she is looking for was born in the summer, is sporty, close in age, sociable and works in sales. Things that all match Kosuke. This causes Yuka to view Kosuke a tad bit differently and it causes confusion in her because she's not sure if it is talking about Kosuke, but he matches everything, right? And as a character who truly believes in fate, she's like, maybe he is the one and I've just been blind this whole entire time. Of course, as quickly as this change came, it ended up disappearing. In a conversation between Kosuke and his colleague, Ishida, it's found out that Ishida also matches the information the fortune teller told Yuka. So the same way that Kosuke ended up matching everything, so does his colleague, Ishida. Every, everything she said, Ishida also matches. And this ends up bursting the little hope that Kosuke had, reminding him once more that he was correct and that fate is just a myth, that the fortune teller was just telling another tall tale. You know how it was, it still is, right? Where you go to a fortune teller and they tell you something, but it's very, very vague. It's very, very general. So anything matches and then it's up to the person's, I forgot what the word is, but self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Like, They'll tell you something general and then the customer's like, ah, yes, I knew it because X, Y, and Z happened. So they end up filling the gaps the customer does while the fortune teller tends to keep things very, very vague in general. That's what Kosuke's trying to get at here. This comes into question once more when Kosuke, Ishida, Yuka, and Yuka's colleague, Yukiho, hang out together. It's here that Kosuke sees that red string of fate on Yuka's finger. Again, it doesn't lead to Kosuke. It actually ends up leading to Ishida. But Kosuke's string doesn't lead to Yuka, but to Yukiho, her colleague. Obviously, this leaves Kosuke perplexed and at odds with himself. Because does he truly want to take a shot with fate and leave his ideals behind? Or... Does he continue to hope that Yuko will one day see him as something other friend? Essentially, that is volume one in a nutshell. Volume two is spent with Kosuke questioning everything and if he should actually believe in fate as Yukiho shows an interest in Kosuke and in getting to know him better. He slowly begins to hang out more and more with Yukiho while Yuka begins to realize that Kosuke has a right to hang out with other people. But him hanging out with Yukiho kind of stings. Yuka then begins to compare herself to Yukiho and the many things that she lacks in comparison to her. For example, she's well-read, she's stylish, she's always, she, it's not dressed to the nines, but she always looks presentable. And she can talk about a multitude of topics 
something that Yuka doesn't necessarily do or not that she's incapable of doing, but she doesn't. Even now, Yuka still hasn't fully realized that she does have feelings for Kosuke. So even even though this is all going in her brain, right? She's like, I, I don't like this. I don't I don't like to see them together, but he has a right to see hang out with other people, you know, like we're just friends. <laughs> and the excuses go on and on and on. The balling goes on with Kosuke turning down Yuka because he had already made plans with Yukiho. And Yuka slowly realizing that she doesn't like the idea of, of them hanging together. Eventually, Kosuke gets oddly curious about the red string connecting him and Yukiho together. And he realizes that he can unravel it, so it's not permanent. In most stories dealing with the red string, just as a tidbit here, the red string is not removable. Like it is, it is uh, permanent. So even if it's tied into a cute little bow, you aren't unable to unravel it as easily as Kosuke is, uh, is doing in the manga. So he eventually unravels it and realizes that the red string is indeed a fickle thing. And he realizes this because he ends up taking the string away and that actually removes the ability for him to see the string permanently. The funny thing is though, is that despite this, he can't get the idea that perhaps Yukiho may actually be the one and that he should give up on Yuka since she's never returned his feelings even after all this time. Now, in the third volume, the roles have been reversed. Yuka is now able to see the red string of fate, while Kosuke has lost the ability to see it. Yuka is obviously confused at first and even wondering where her string leads to. Eventually, she does find out and it ends up leading to Kosuke. She's shocked but also somewhat excited and embarrassed. Excited because she finally found the one and it happens to be somebody she's very comfortable with. But also embarrassed because she's never truly seen Kosuke like that as like a, as like a man. She's always seen him as a drinking buddy, a friend, someone she could confide in. I know, poor Kosuke. <laughs> the rest of the volume is Yuka working out a way to tell Kosuke her feelings after, you know, after a lot of denial, a lot of confusion. <laughs> she finally decides that she wants to tell Kosuke how she feels, but she doesn't necessarily know how. And she's also very scared about losing the friendship. While the reader knows that Kosuke has feelings for uh, for Yuka, Yuka's very dumb, okay? Follow me here. Yuka's stupid. <laughs> She's very, very stupid and very oblivious to a lot of the things that Kosuke does for her. For example, if somebody was always available to you whenever you needed them, and are willing to listen, are willing to go drink out with you, especially after hours, after work, and immediately drops everything that they do when they find out that you're sick. And you could say, yeah, that's my homie. That's my bro. <laughs> Which is why you all constantly hear me say, like, oh, Kosuke. Oh, Kosuke. Oh, I feel for you, my, my friend. <laughs> And it's, it's not until she sees the red string of fate and she starts to get jealous, but she doesn't realize that it's jealousy when she sees 
Kosuke and Yukiho hang out or when Kosuke was canceling plans because he had already made plans with Yukiho. If it's one thing, Kosuke's pretty responsible on keeping his <laughs> his uh, his scheduled appointments, I guess. Like, you know, when he goes, okay, yes, I'll be there. He, he will be there. He didn't ever cancel on Yukiho because of Yuka. He was like, no, we have plans. Granted, again, Yuka never once showed him that she was interested in him like that. And I also kind of have to give it to Kosuke, right? Because despite him still having feelings for Yuka, he is trying to get over her because again, he saw the red string of fate and he goes, well, I guess this is meant to be, so might as well do it. And it's funny because he was a character that was like, fate is, is a lie, you do your own thing. And when he unravels, the string on his finger and he saw how easily it came apart he still thought in the the image was still in the back of his mind the fact that his string connected to yukiho and <laughs> it's like a complete 180 because again you would think he would continue to pursue yuka which he does in some way but very very subtle but he's like well i might as well take a chance on on yukiho so Yuka finally confesses to Kosuke uh, at one point when they're hanging out. And the way that she does this is asking him after a conversation, what do you think of me? <laughs> Which I know is very direct, but remember, again, Yuka's very, very slow. And it's mentioned in the manga that she's never been in a relationship before. So she doesn't know what love is. She doesn't understand. At least that's what the manga is saying, that because she's never been in a relationship... She doesn't know love. So she doesn't know what it's like flirting with someone. She doesn't understand any of that, which again is fine because she's always been constantly waiting for the one, the one that fate will bring to her. And it's funny because even though she believes in fate, she doesn't believe in like aliens. She doesn't believe in ghosts. She, <laughs> she doesn't believe in like a lot of other things, but she believes in fate. So obviously... Kosuke is taken aback by this and he's just like, what do you mean? What are you, what are you saying? What do you mean how I, how I view you? And she tells him that she has feelings for him. And the way that he answers this is, oh, okay. <laughs> Which takes her aback because she had a mental image that either he was going to accept her feelings in this like, very shoujo-esque like think old school shoujo uh way where he goes yes i have the same feelings as you i feel the same way or was going to let her down very like elegantly <laughs> when you get the manga you'll see and she's like oh okay i guess this is a no so she's like okay i understand if you you need to go and this is awkward that's okay and he composes himself he's like no 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 that's not what i mean I also have the same feelings for you. I was just taken aback because he, you know, he doesn't tell Yuka that he was, that he's been in love with her for a long time. He just tells her like he wasn't expecting it, but he does feel the same way. And it's very cute because <laughs> they're awkward. <laughs> they're awkward with each other because Kosuke is very just kind of like, what just happened? What is going on? 
this can't be happening. I'm somebody pinch me. And Yuko, on the other hand, is very excited, but she's also confused because she's never been in a relationship. So she's like, what do I do? What do couples do? And again, I say this often. And again, it's interesting because they've basically been doing a lot what couples do. Like they hang out a lot together. They go on events together. They, they go to concerts together, yada, yada, yada. A lot of couple activities they end up doing before they were even a couple. But it's very cute because... Yuka doesn't shy away from her feelings, which is very, very refreshing, right? And Kosuke, Kosuke obviously is, is very like, is this real? <laughs> when, they, when he goes back home, he can't believe that he can finally call himself Yuka's boyfriend. But I, I love the way that the author portrayed Yuka because even though she was a woman who had never exper- had experience with a boyfriend, right? She'd never had a boyfriend. She never had that love story. She wasn't like, oh, goodness gracious, this is going to be so awkward. She's more like, okay, so what happens now? Like, you know, what do I, what do couples do? What can we do together? What, what can we do to get closer to one another uh, as close as one can be, uh, especially with a friendship that they had for such and such a long time. And I really enjoyed that because there are other stories where it'll be, it could be a, either like, a guy who has never been in a relationship before and a girl confesses to him or it's a, a a lady who hasn't like yuka who hasn't been in a relationship for most for all of her life and a lot of authors are not able to handle this gracefully and what i mean by that is that oftentimes it'll be a source of of shame the thing is the manga never handles that at least for yuka like a way as Oh, that she's defective, right? That she is not good because nobody has nobody has uh, been her boyfriend. Instead, it's like, no, she just believes in her values and she stuck to her guns and eventually things worked out. Of course, it's, it's like an idealized version. This is a manga. But I, I just like that fact. And Kosuke... While he does poke fun at her, he never made her feel less than for never having a boyfriend. Of course, you can be like, ah, but he was in love with her, so this is this actually worked out in his favor. But he never made her feel like she was used goods, not used goods, but like defective or that she wasn't worthy of being loved by a man. Instead, he would poke fun of her as uh, poke fun at her at her. Instead, he would poke fun at her as like a friend, but never made her feel unworthy of receiving that love and and again i just i I really enjoy how this is handled because there's a lot of people out there that haven't been in a relationship and some people choose to to be this way and that's okay some people choose not to have a relationship because they rather focus on maybe their family or they just they go there's a whole bunch of other things that i need to do and i am not bothered by the fact that i've never been with anybody you know (laughs) society deems a lot of people who are like Yuka as unworthy or not fit for society or uh, you must be defective. And uh, I keep repeating myself, but it's it's so it's such a nice, refreshing thing that even when they start a relationship, Yuka's like, wow, this is great. This is amazing. Now, now what? Now what? What now? What do we do now? What should what should we do as a couple? She doesn't shy away from it. She's not like, oh, Oh, Kosuke, I am unworthy because I've I've never been with anybody. Oh, Kosuke, like you can't, how could you, like someone like me, 
who has never been looked upon like that. No, she's kind of like, I'm ready. <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> Let's do this. It's it's so, so refreshing. Like you guys don't understand. It's so refreshing, especially because the two characters are adults. And this is not like one of those those teenage stories where, you know, the teenager is trying to find themselves and they're 17 and they're like, I'm 17 and I never had a boyfriend and or, or I never had a girlfriend. And said it's like, no, this is a 27-year-old uh, woman and a 28-year-old man. And the 27-year-old woman's like, I'm ready to go. <laughs> Let's do this. And the guy's just through the roof. He's like, finally, my prayers have been answered. <laughs> I, I will say this. I'm not sure if there's going to be a fourth volume. I did go like on the, on the company website and uh, they didn't say there was. But of course, at the end of the third volume, it didn't say thank you for reading or the end like it usually does so I'm, a, I'm gonna go on a limb and say that yes there will be do i recommend this yes <laughs> yes it's it's short they're not very long volumes to begin with i like read all three of them within what two hours it, it's not a long volume my only complaint is that they changed the quality of the paper on the third volume okay <laughs> i noticed i noticed okay it's noticeable uh but if you enjoy it's somewhat of a slow burn, I want to say, but if you enjoy like slice of life romance, especially with adults, which I know some people tend to prefer because a lot of the romance is set in a high school setting. No, these are two working adults with jobs that are demanding, but they make the most of it. They make the most of it. I do recommend it. I am so glad I picked this up because it's when I go shopping for these for, for like what books I'm going to read. You have to understand that sometimes because this volume, these mangas are a bit smaller in size, they can be nestled in really tightly between other books that may distract you from it. But I was so happy that I saw this and I picked it up. I was like, you know what? This looks this looks fun. The cover is gorgeous. The art is pretty. And this looks like this looks great. And I wholeheartedly recommend it if you are into slice of life romance where it's it's slow but it's two adults just trying to get by and the guy finally gets the girl and the girl's like well here we go <laughs> i wholeheartedly recommend this one uh the what he who doesn't believe in fate says i'll say it again because it's a mouthful the name of the manga is what he who doesn't believe in fate says in this case it would be kosuke and just the way that it teaches that sometimes you can stick to your values just like Yuka and Kosuke, right? But there are moments that perhaps you can change your perspective a little bit by not completely throwing out your own values and your own, you know, your hopes and dreams. And sometimes just a teensy bit of a different perspective may give you the hope that you're looking for or the change of pace that you need. And I say this because Yuka doesn't give up on on fate right doesn't give up on fate and instead she ends up getting a reality check right where she sees that there is a possibility that kosuke is not going to be there forever which is something she doesn't really think about and then kosuke goes maybe fate does exist when he sees that the string connects him and yukiho together but also realizes that it's a fickle thing but even when he removes it and he can't see it anymore, he still believes that probably it's Yukiho and not Yuka like he's been hoping for. But again, he doesn't give up on that fact, right? He doesn't give up on the fact that it could that he loves Yuka. 
and that's that's fate <laughs> that's faith in itself right that's fate that's hope and so even though he's a realist he still believed that there may have been a chance even if it took him this long so i wholeheartedly recommend it it it's a great read it's slow it's not fast like i said it's a slice of life so as always everybody thank you so much for listening to this episode i hope you enjoyed it and as always thanks so much for coming back stay safe stay healthy God bless, and I hope to see you all soon. Take care.